There is the kind of story where the listener is aware all the time of an impending doom. A gradual build-up of terror towards a grand climax. Then again, there is the tale that seems gentle enough, a story of normal, happy people. Recognizable scenes. And not until the very end, indeed not until the last minute or so, does it become apparent that something is very, very wrong. My play tonight falls into this latter category. We present Take Your Partners by Ronald Blythe, the 45th consecutive production in Beyond Midnight. Biotechs. The new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McCabe. Just soak, just soak in biotech. Just soak, just soak in biotech. Just soak, just soak in biotech. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak, just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak, just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Is that better? There's nothing in all the world like a log fire this time of the year. Nothing. Not coal, mind. Coal's not the same. Logs. Got to be logs. <laughs> Messy stuff, coal. Twenty days to Christmas. Yes. It's funny. Christmases are never quite the same when you've grown up. Never the same excitement. You grow up and you are allowed into a new mysterious world. The world of adult people. But you pay for it. And the price you pay is the surrendering of all the privileges of the young. You lose the chance forever of looking into the mirror of childhood. I know what you mean. But there are compensations. You can stay up late, drink strong drink, go dancing, fall in love. <laughs> I suppose you dance. Dance? Hmm. A bit. Nothing spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what passes for dancing nowadays is simple enough, I suppose, as long as you've wind and energy for it. When I was young, though, uh, dancing was a serious thing right enough. A serious thing. We all went to balls. That's what they called them then, not dances. Summer and winter alike. Uh, you young people, you haven't a notion about those summer balls. A whole house would be turned upside down for a ball. All the windows were wide as we danced. The music sounded all night across the fields. We lived then. We danced for hours. No messy kerfuffle and then off to a dark corner for hanky-panky. 
The young ladies were stricter then. They thought more of themselves. Prouder they were. Now, oh, I don't know what the world's coming to. I don't really. I remember one particularly. <laughs> Indeed, I'm hardly likely to forget it. Younger than you, I was. No more than 18, the laddie. The summer ball? No. This was at Campion's. They never gave summer balls. Your ignorance is abysmal. Campion's? I know. That's the old house by the river, where all the chestnut trees are, isn't it? Yes. That's Campion's. It's empty now. It was rented for a few months a couple of summers ago, but it's usually empty. Yes, it's empty now. Like all the big houses. Once, they were places of light and laughter. Mystery and romance. Now, oh, what a garden. Chestnut trees. Rustic gods. Mossy pans and dianas. Rose-covered arbors. Green and golden ivy covering the walls of the great house. The swallows built their nests under the eaves in spring. When the river, lazy, meandering, and the punts tied under the willows, and green, green lawns, Campions. To Dolly and me, Campions was a haven, a kind of heaven. someone re-bricks the chimneys, they will fall down. But I suppose no one ever will. And I suppose they will fall down. The gardens are overgrown. The roses have gone wild. Great rooms of campions are cold now. No more laughter. The pans and the dianas are still on their pedestals. But they've lost a hand here, a foot there. And weeds in the lawn. Is thick and rough. In flood time, the river came too high, spoilt the beds. Campion's is empty now. Still lovely in a sad, forgotten way. Regretful. <clears throat> uh, another log on the fire, I, I think. Oh, let me, Grandfather. Where has my world gone? Were we all carried to another planet in 1914? The earth is different. It's colder. The sun doesn't shine for so long in summer. Sometimes it seems as if the winters will never end. And you went to a dance? A, a, a ball there? At Campion's? Yes. It was the first ball I ever went to. There couldn't have been a better one to start with. You see, Campion's was the ball. You can imagine the excitement there was when Dolly and I got cards for it. Oh, it will be beautiful. Gerald, do you think Papa will take us in the carriage? Oh, Gerald, are you not so happy to be going? The guest lists from Campion's are always sent to the newspapers. Imagine, everyone will know. Dolly, you realize, of course, that now we've been invited to Campions, we're safe for the whole year. Tennis, the bishop's garden party, no end of other little beaners. Oh, really, Gerald? You're positively vulgar. I don't know what I will wear. It's terribly worrying. Mama? 
And so we went. And our father did take us in the carriage. Not a very grand carriage. But a carriage all the same. And I remember your Aunt Dolly had a new dress which she'd started putting on after tea, although we weren't to be there before nine. <laughs> and did you enjoy yourself? Not at first, and certainly not afterwards. But between whiles was the strangest happiness I have ever known. When we arrived at Campions, I was so nervous that my gloves were miserably damp even before I'd had a single dance. My collar rose up and down my neck limply. Dolly began to dance at once with Mickey Tranter. Oh, you didn't know him. He's been gone for years. And I was left standing near the old ladies. The ball swept by like a sea. And every time Dolly passed by with Mickey, she stared at me crossly. She knew that I had one dancer like heart, and that was with her. Honestly, Gerald, you're defectless. I will not be responsible for you. Do something. Dance. Gerald, you are still standing there. The old ladies are discussing you, you know. You must do something. Oh, yes. The old ones were talking about me behind their hands. I felt them talking about me. I was so miserable, I wished I hadn't come. Worse, I knew that it would only be a matter of minutes before I was sent on endless errands for forgotten shawls and turkey sandwiches. So hardly realizing what I was about, I went off towards the garden room. And that's where it all began. The garden room. The night of the ball at Campion's. The room was empty, except for a girl with her back to me. <clears throat> she took no notice of me. She was staring out of the window. She was standing very still. She did turn round, though, after a while. I had never seen anyone like her in the whole of my life before. I've never seen a woman like her since. Her beauty was a kind of everlasting radiance. She would have been revered in any land, in any age, as a goddess. Her hair was black, and it reached down to her waist. Her face was pale, and the enormous eyes just blinked once signifying that she acknowledged my presence. Oh, she seemed even shyer than I was. She didn't speak. She was wearing a gown that stretched in the fashion to the floor. It was gathered in a multitude of folds under her bosom. And the neck had the same startlingly pale quality as the face. The gown she wore was cut very low and the extraordinarily handsome bosom rose and fell, 
scarcely noticeable as she stood, unspeaking, and faced me. My heart sounded like the gunfire that was in a few years later to echo across the world. I searched for words and found two, neither of them very original. Good evening. Like a new man. It's a lovely day today. I thought and you had flu. I took a grandpa headache powder, and I'm worlds better. When colds and flu are about, grandpa headache powders are what you need. Grandpa headache powders work fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Grandpa makes all those dreadful flu symptoms disappear quickly. So, whenever you're in pain, get fast relief. Get grandpa headache powders. Ah, oh, grandpa. Oh, darling, try to look as though you're enjoying yourself. The party is great. Yes, it was until I ate. Well, take a dye gel. I always keep some in my bag. But I already took an antacid. Oh, yes, darling. But dye gel is much more than an antacid. Dye gel has double action. There's a layer of antacid plus a layer of semethicin. It's the semethicin that relieves that dreadful bloated feeling. Here, try a dye gel. Like they say, when you eat too well... Demand Digel. There is an eternity between the man and the boy. No woman, except in kindness, would wish to spend long away from a gay, music-filled room thronged with beautiful people, merely to stand in perfect repose, looking at the thin, pale creature that was myself at eighteen. But she did. The minutes passed. I managed to get my heart under control after a struggle. It's very beautiful here. Isn't it? Do you come here often? To the Campions? What's your name? Christabel. The beauty of her voice was matched only by the loveliness of her appearance. Oh, I was in love with her at once, of course. The world could disappear, civilization pass away for all I cared at that moment in time. Indeed, time had ceased to exist. We were suspended in a bubble and had left the great house and its gardens. We were floating away, away under the moon amidst the stars. Have you been dancing tonight? No, I have not danced this evening. Perhaps, perhaps you're, you're hungry. Perhaps, perhaps you'd like me to fetch you some refreshments? 
The, the cider cup is most excellent, I believe. No? You are... You... Yes? I, I, I was going to say... You are... Extraordinarily beautiful. Thank you, sir. I'm I, not, sir. I... I, I mean, my, my name is... Is Gerald. Gerald Beresford. I'm pleased to meet you, Mr. Beresford. Would, would you... Um, would, you, would you care to, to sit for a while? There, by the window? That would be lovely, Mr. Beresford. Oh, I beg you. Call me Gerald. There was a scent about her. A scent like a garden at night. Gardenias or the deep red carnations or... Oh, I don't know. It's difficult to remember. The years separate me from her. Everything but the memory of her. Whatever it was, it was natural and heavenly. I do know that. Did you hear the nightingale? Or, or was it the blackbird singing? The blackbird sings beautifully. Although the poets always use the nightingale's name in their verses. Perhaps it is a more romantic bird. Although the common blackbird... Sings as sweetly and yet... Receives none of the praise. No. Her hands were folded in her lap. They were without appendages. No ring. No bracelet encompassed her wrist. She was natural. Perfectly so. There was not a scrap of makeup upon her face. She needed nothing like that. And suddenly, I was no longer afraid. The words tumbled from my lips. I felt ill at ease in the ballroom. I, I, I didn't wish to dance. Well, there was no one, no one to dance with. I, I, I mean, there, there are people, people there, yes, girls, many, but... Oh, I, I'm, I'm glad I came here. So glad. I, <laughs> I, I, I thought I'd be alone. I, well, I, I wanted to be alone uh, until I saw you, Christabel. But I don't want to be alone now. She appeared to be leaning towards me. I felt suddenly dizzy. I felt as if I was falling, falling, falling towards her. Her face seemed larger. All the beauty of her increased. And I fell towards her. Towards. Christopher. And my hands found hers. And the gunfire hammered in my heart. My lips found hers once more. were around one another, tight, tight. She was talking to me, but I couldn't distinguish the words. My hands were in her hair, her long black hair, and it covered her face, and my face, and we were drowning in her hair. And it was as if I was suddenly become part of her. There was no separate me anymore. We were one. Our breaths and our lips and our bodies mingled, were lost in one another. And again, I was falling, it seemed. And I remember smelling those close, earthy smells of wood and fern and long, undisturbed dust. I heard singing, but from whose lips I cannot imagine, if indeed it came from lips. And I was lost, lost 
forever. It's quiet. I love the quiet. I love you. She was so calm, serene. She scarcely seemed to breathe. We were sitting now, bolt upright, in the middle of the round wooden floor of the garden house, just like two carvings. And then she slowly rose, smiled, and held out her right hand to me. I would like to dance. At this, my heart stopped. I thought of the floor of the ballroom and the darkly flushed males whirling their women in the intricate loops of the waltz. I was afraid, but I bowed her and took her hand once more. And without another word, we left the garden house. And with Christabel on my arm, I made for the ballroom. My confidence deserted me when I found myself about to be born into that melee. There was no escape from the treacherous wastes of chalky floors spreading out before me. Gerald. And suddenly, we were part of the dancing throng. We were on wings. Why, dancing? They say a good dancer is able to take the poorest around the floor. Anyone could dance with her. I, I wonder what the old ladies are saying now. Oh, not so close to the card tables. <laughs> oh, we must be dancing faster than anyone else on the floor. Oh, I bet you're all envious. Oh, there's Dolly. <laughs> Mickey Transfer, you can't dance. Not like this. <laughs> People are looking at us. I wonder... Oh, sorry, Christopher. That turn wasn't quite so good, was it? Never mind. We danced on and on. And then I was aware that things had begun to change. The band still played. But the couples on the floor became fewer and fewer. It might have been from my glorious exertions that I felt a heaviness, a languor and would have led my partner to the side. But as though suspecting my thoughts, she became as wonderfully animated as in that very first moment. And instead of retiring, we, we danced more gaily than ever. I say we danced gaily. That wasn't quite the word for it. There was a kind of urgency in our movements. I might go as as to call it a desperation. And at last we were the only couple on the floor. I thought it wise to stop now, and I led her to the side. She seemed reluctant, as if she were loath to put an end to our waltzing. I caught a vague glimpse of Dolly and Mickey. They looked perplexed. Suddenly I felt terribly ill at ease. There was only the one place to go. The garden room. Away from all the people. And so, I walked out of the ballroom with long wooden steps. I entered the garden. I hoped everyone had noticed her beauty. I entered the garden room again. And felt again the wonder that I had known there but a short while before. 
I realized, too, that my life would never be quite the same again. We stood near the window. She staring out into the night. And much as she had been when I first entered in what seemed to be then another year. We had not moved when Dolly found us. So there you are, Gerald. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, hello, Dolly. I, I, I'd like to introduce... Do you uh, know what you've done? Pardon? You fool. You spoiler. Shh, Dolly, please. Look, I, I must ask Come you. Come on. We're going home. You have ruined everything. I tried again by an elaborate mime to indicate my late companion who stood partly obscured by the curtains. But even in the midst of such anxieties, Dolly's temper wasn't a thing to be easily forgotten, I can tell you. I felt some even stronger emotion. Dolly's wrath seemed less terrible. You see, without looking round, I knew we were alone. You're drunk. Drunk? I... Drunk? I, I, I didn't have a sip, not, not even the cider cup. Look, look, tell me, tell me what I've done. Don't just stand there like, like, like a volcano. I'll tell you. And what's more, I'll tell Papa. You danced nearly a whole waltz by yourself in front of the county. And if you weren't drunk, then you're mad. see her again? No. But then we weren't asked again. I saw her name again, though. Her name? Where? In the old Campion's graveyard. Where? Christabel Forsyth, her full name was. Christabel Forsyth. She died in 1899. The ball to which I went took place in the late autumn of 1910. She was 19 when she died. In the village later, I made inquiries about her. She was remembered. It was very tragic, apparently. She loved dancing. In those days, they held coming-out balls for the daughters of the gentry. Usually when the young ladies were about 17 or 18. Christabel Forsyth, a cousin of the champions, had been very ill for two years. And so had missed her own coming out ball. And so it was arranged near Christmas, 1899, that she should share the big dance with another young lady. She had a relapse and died three days before the great event. She had set her heart on attending. That's why it was so sad. But we were never asked to the champions again. So I never went to another ball there.
Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrain dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe.